1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And Rob, before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit to help us and see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then to respond quickly? to that invitation.
2: <laughs> you got it. Here we go. Let's pray. In the name of Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your protection. Thank you for your, your patience and your goodness and your kindness. And I ask you, please, Lord, to bless each and every person listening. Bless them and their families. Bless all those here in the studio so that we can be a blessing to others. Please, Lord, fill us to overflowing with your love and peace and joy and bring that so that we can bring that to every single person that we meet, that they don't longer see us but see you living in and through us. Lord, please bless us so we can bless others and help us to do it in a way that, that, that brings about peace in all of our surroundings. And with that, uh, let us pray the prayer for a peaceful spirit. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off. to Slow down to see the beauty in your creation. To chat with a friend. To read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world. As you are my Lord, grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. in the name of the Father and the Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen.
3: And
1: Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today?: Sure. Again, the gospel is from
3: Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now, a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He's gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor, and if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: And he came down quickly and received him with joy. The first two words I circled were quickly and received with joy. For me, is that the way I received the invitation of Jesus Christ? When I had that encounter, quickly did I respond? Did I have that desire in my heart to run and climb a tree and look for Jesus? Because it's in that encounter, once that encounter occurred, Jesus calls him and says, quickly come down, and he did. And he received Jesus with joy. Because when we say our yes to the Lord, It gives us that gift of joy that money can't buy, but our response to that invitation to the eternal dance of love, it just is overwhelming in what it does in our soul and the joy that it produces. So I want to always respond every day, every day. I want to seek Him. I want to do what I need to do to see Him, and then I want to quickly respond and receive
3: Him with joy. You know, one thing that I hadn't noticed before, but as I was reading it uh, this time, Jesus intended to pass through the town, but when he saw Zacchaeus up in the tree, he changed his plans. So it's encouraging that whatever it was that Jesus saw uh, in Zacchaeus, that, you know, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, God, will change his plans when he sees somebody who's trying to see him, somebody who's trying to connect with him. And uh, that that's encouraging. I hadn't really thought of that before. But, you know, Jesus intended to pass through this town and just move on. And he saw something that changed his mind. He saw something that made him think sec- think differently about
1: going on. And I think it's important, Tom, because what I put down there, in addition to, as you were sharing, was he saw that divine appointment. Mm-hmm. He didn't let his busy agenda, what he had already planned to do, get in the way of the divine appointment. Because then... Zacchaeus was the most important thing in Jesus's life. And it's always that personal one-on-one encounter that God wants with each of us. Because not just personal, but an ever-deepening intimate one. And that's where Jesus says, you know, I need to stay at your home. Basically, I want to come into your heart, and I want to stay with you. How powerful is that? But again, don't let our busy schedules, our busy agenda, get in the way that we fail to see the divine appointments, the opportunities to be a blessing to others. That's so key for me in my journey. And that's why, Rob, what you shared with that prayer for a peaceful spirit, it's slow me down, Lord, because I can get caught up and get too busy. And I miss the Zacchaeus in the tree. I miss that opportunity to be Christ to somebody. Many times I miss the opportunity to allow somebody else to be Christ to me.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a series of visits that we had right after a right, little bit before and right after Mother Teresa's canonization. We were talking to the students about Mother Teresa and, and her, her way of life, her spirituality, her, her you know, doing the small things with great love. And then we followed up with a little excerpt from a book called The Eucharist and the Rosary, The Power to Change the World. And it was about uh, Gandhi. And uh, there was an interviewer who said, you know, asked Gandhi, um, you know, how many many Christians have you met or something to that effect? And he said, I've never met one. I've never met a Christian. And he's like, you know, Gandhi met countless Christians in his life, but he never met one. He never met one. And then it kind of took a pause and then it went on to one of his contemporaries, uh, Malcolm Mudridge. And he said that he would never become Catholic. He said, I will never become a Catholic. And then he met Mother Teresa and he became a Catholic. So the question was, what did Malcolm Mudridge see in Mother Teresa alone that Gandhi didn't see in any Christian that he met, any Christian in name that he met? And it was the, the glow in her eye of the sanctuary lamp wow. of our Lord that she spent the first hour every day with the rosary mm-hmm. in her hand in front of our Lord in the Eucharist. And then she went out. So she was carrying our Lord. So she received him in the Eucharist. She adored him and let him fill her up, right? And then she was able to bring him into the world, right, for those divine appointments. So, you know, we, we can be available for all the divine appointments possible, but if, it's, if we're bringing ourselves, if I'm bringing me to those divine appointments and people don't see the twinkle in my eye of the sanctuary light that's lit signifying God's presence in me, then it's not... You know, I, I might as well not even go to the divine appointments, right? That that we need to spend that time uh, with our Lord. We need that silence. And and it's you know, I was challenging the kids a month ago the, you know, at the schools, and I, I said I, I got about a C from you know this past month because I just get so busy, right? I get so busy, but it's 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 critical. It's crucial. Without the silence with our Lord, um, you know, n- nothing else is gonna. It's not going to fall into place.
1: And that's so important for each and every one of us, Rob. And it all starts with having what I like to call a right-ordered life. I mean, number one, God tells us the first commandment first commandment, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It doesn't say a part of, or later in the day, it's love God with everything you are. Why? Because it's out of that primary relationship that everything else flows, all other relationships. So for me, that was so powerful what you shared, Rob, to just put God first. When you wake up in the morning is God first in your life? Before you eat your first meal, is God first in your life? Where are you at? And so for me, putting God first, critically, critically important. And what I also circled here was this. It says, uh, but he could not see him because of the crowd. When we're seeking the Lord, what crowd is in our life that is keeping us from truly seeing him? Because you know what? We can have people that end up blocking our true view to see that I love that terminology, that glow in the light of the one that truly carries the sanctuary light of the Lord in their eyes. We have so many people around us that say they're Christians, but their hearts are closed, their eyes are dull. So for me, I don't want to let the crowd stand in the way from me meeting my Lord every day. And that's why it's important to disconnect from the crowd to go into that quiet space, you know, go to Mass in the morning, go into that quiet space, and take time to speak with the Lord. Ask God the Father, Father, what would you like me to do today? Start every day that way. And then what? Listen. Listen to the still, quiet voice. Throughout your day, ask God to be with you, asking questions. What would you like me to wear in the morning? I'd do it in the morning. It's amazing. It's amazing how the decision's made for me. But if I try to decide what to wear, I look pretty comical sometimes. (laughs) So you know what? God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to be a part intimately with every part of our life from behind the wheel to behind the bedroom door. God wants to be with us purely, passionately, beautifully in this journey called life this journey home to Him?
4: Uh, For me in this passage, uh, the crowd again is the crowd of my thoughts, Mm. so many thoughts flying through my head Mm. that you, that, uh, you know, they say behavior, I think that it begins in a thought, like your actions, and I think that prayer that you prayed, Rob, in the beginning for a peaceful spirit, and then what David was just sharing about all of this—you uh, know, starting the day right and all that—but to just slow down and get rid of the the crowd of thoughts that are flying through, and to maybe give them to the Lord. Is this of you, Lord? Is to question some of these thoughts, and and I think by meditating, by sitting. Saying in the the rosary, which is like a meditative prayer, can help to, you know, uh, filter out a lot of the, you know, thoughts that maybe I shouldn't be thinking or that are coming from the evil one or whatever. So um, that really jumped out at me, that crowd. And then another line is, he has gone to stay at the house of a sinner is so hopeful to me. I, I almost picture a, in my mind a picture of Jesus with that caption right under it. You know, he has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. You know, and that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's come to stay at my house. So yeah. um, that sort of jumped out.
3: Yeah, that'll give me a different image for this Sunday when I go to Mass and receive communion and then take Jesus home <laughs> with me to the house of a sinner. But, you know, Rob, you mentioned about Mother Teresa, and I'm I'm a, um, a little embarrassed to say I have a copy of Malcolm Muggeridge's book that he was so inspired by Mother Teresa. He actually wrote a book before she was very popular, I think, before she won the Nobel Prize mm-hmm. for Peace and all that, that business. He was one of the reasons why she became a world-renowned figure. Oh, but um, And the title of the book he took from her, it's called Something Beautiful for Jesus, mm. because after her meditation and going out into the—her day was, was her gift back to Jesus. Her day was, uh, you know, what do you think you're doing out here? What are you out here trying to accomplish? I'm just out here doing something beautiful for Jesus. She wasn't trying to change the world, she wasn't trying to inspire other people, she wasn't all that stuff happened because all she wanted to do was just go out and do something beautiful for Jesus and take care of these people and feed them and make sure they had a good place to sleep or a place to die if they were dying, you know, and uh so I'm I'm going to have to go pull that book out of my out of my library because it's one of those I have a bunch of books on Mother Teresa and that's one that I that w- you know you buy some and you put them I'm going to read this someday and I just never got to it so I have to pull that one out.
2: And and just in her ministry the importance of 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 human contact. Mm-hmm. Right that, yeah. that these folks yeah. were in such isolation just away from everyone and then she would bend down and touch them. She would look them in the eyes. Right, yeah. you would wash them. I mean, just that—that that human contact. And and I'm thinking about her, and just you know some of the images and, and videos that I'm sure we've all seen. And then I'm thinking of uh, David, we were talking about the crowds and Tom, like, like the crowds of our thoughts. And I just wrote down, uh, like right now it seems like we're alone in a crowd, and mm-hmm. and that crowd is social media.
4: Mm-hmm. That
2: we are like you know it's it's really like anti-social media, right? That that we're we're by ourselves, looking down at a screen thinking we're being social
3: Mm -hmm.
2: right and and we've just lost the just the awareness of the person next to us that you know i'm more interested in the 500 people that i'm not with than the person that is sitting right next to me in the car right how often do you see just you know people jump in the car in a passenger seat and the first thing they do is look down at their phone they don't even turn and say hi to the person that just picked them up, you know, that uh, just the, the dignity of the person next to us, to look them in the eye, to touch them on the shoulder, to give them a hug if it's appropriate, right? Um, But we've kind of fallen into this alone in a crowd that we think we're kind of being connected, but we're we're just alone looking at a screen, you know, and we have someone that's right there or we can reach out and go be with someone
3: mm-hmm.
2: in the flesh, right, and uh, enjoy that, that, that intimate time together. Um, because that's how we're going to encounter Christ, right? We're going to encounter Christ in each other, and in, 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 in the flesh, right? Um, so, God, please help me to be aware of the people that are, are with me, especially my kids and my wife, that, uh, that my eyes will gaze upon their eyes, and I can see you in them. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Amen. And it also goes on here, you know, Jesus went to stay at the house of Zacchaeus. And when we have that encounter with Christ, we're changed. Mm -hmm. If it's true, if it's real, the fruit of that is the fruit of love, which is the heart of Zacchaeus who says, I shall give to the poor half my possessions. And then anyone that I have wronged, I'm going to make restitution to, I'm going to repay them four times the amount. That is the fruit of of our yes. that's And that's the fruit of, the, of love. And that's where James, the book of James, says that faith without works is dead. Anyone says I'm saved by faith alone, that's nonsense. That's not a truth. It's not a Catholic teaching. And anyone says I'm saved by my work, well, that's not a Catholic teaching either. That's not a truth. It's faith and works together. It's Jesus Christ who does the work in us, through us, and with us that produced the fruit of of love and here's the fruit of love I shall give half my possessions to the pu- the poor I will repay anybody that I have extorted from that I have wronged four times the amount and when I read that years ago I remember of a story that happened in my life when I was a teenager 19 years old 18 years old I stole from a man who hired me and I stole for probably 3 years and over a 30-year period, God brought that man back into my life three different times, and I always had that guilt in my heart, I should repay him. But finally, the third time, he brought a man to my office to say to me, David, remember you used to work at this place? You remember the guy? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. He said, you remember the one guy that used to work with us? He ended up confessing that he stole from him, and he prepaid him. And I'm like, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. And I went, oh, that's nice. I said, well, do you know where that guy's at? Oh, yeah. He said, he works in your hometown. I'm like, oh, man. I said, all right. All right. And the man <laughs> left. I said, all right, Lord, Lord, <laughs> you got me. You, Backed you into the corner. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> in the corner. <quarter>. <laughs> Holy okay. man. Okay, yeah. I said, all right, Lord, Lord, all, 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 all. I'll send him a check. Nope. <laughs> I want you to go see him. I want you to apologize, ask for his forgiveness, and give him what he's due. Uh, okay, Lord, how much is that? Because I had no idea what I had taken. And the Lord said, well, I think it's about $5,000. I'm like, oh, my, $5,000. Oh, yes, David, an interest.
4: <laughs>
1: I said, interest? 30 years. Well, how much is that? He said, well, David, that's $25,000. So I'd like you to write a check out for $25,000. Make the appointment. Go see the man. Ask for forgiveness. You know, repent. For, you know, tell him you're sorry. And give him the check. Uh. Okay, Lord, please help me. And I made the call, and you know what? What a divine appointment! It was so precious meeting with that man. The freedom that I experienced when I gave him that check. He tried to give it back to me. He said, no, "No, no, I don't want it." I said, "Oh, no, no, no! I do, I do not want that check back. Please, no, give, back. <laughs> yeah, give that money to the poor. I don't care what you do with it, but no. But what I experienced in the freedom of that." paying back of what I had deceived, what I had stolen, was, was something I can't describe in earthly terms. And it was this joy of freedom for me, for my heart, from a guilt and a weight that I carried like Jacob Marley in The mm-hmm. Christmas Carol for 30 years. 30 years I carried these chains of this weight that I owed this man this money. They were all set free. Why? Because I was obedient and I surrendered to what the Lord was asking me to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if we've made mistakes in the past, turn around, repent, and you know what? If you do owe funds back, make retribution. Give it back with interest and ask God to help you because that divine appointment was also seeds of faith planted in his heart. Of how God worked in my heart, it took him thirty years. But I'm a I'm a tough case sometimes. God's pet names for me is knucklehead. So, yeah. But what a beautiful experience. So, I wanted to share that story because yeah. I can relate to this gospel.
2: Yeah. Th- thanks for sharing that, Dave, for being transparent. And uh, he had said something uh, that I wrote down. When we truly have an encounter with Christ, it's a changed life. A life. It, you know, our li- yeah. our lives are changed if it's an authentic encounter with Christ. And uh, and then I look at the word joy. And I try to think of my life, and uh, I had a lot of desires. I mean, desires are good, right? Desire, God plants desire in our hearts, but when they're out of order, <laughs> then it can get us in a lot of trouble, right? So, you know, I was good on the desire part, pretty bad on the out-of-order part. Uh, but then you have that, I had that encounter with Christ, and he so gently reordered the desires. You know, so he kept the desire, right? desire is good, but then he ordered it in the right way, right? He ordered it for him. They right, have a desire for Him and for the Eucharist and to be with Him in prayer and to, and to serve and to get to know Him. And um, It's just awesome that that God wants us to have this joy that surpasses all understanding, a joy that that no matter how much money we have, if we don't have Christ, we won't have that joy. That's right. No matter how much power we have, if we don't have Christ, we will not have that joy. No matter what our position is in the world, if we do not have Christ, we will not have that joy. He wants that for us. He wants us to have that joy. And then the world can't take that away. Even in the midst of sadness, sorrow, confusion, doubt, suffering, we can have that joy in the midst of all that. That's awesome. I mean, that is like, that's just so generous that our Lord wants us to have that joy. So, uh, you know, let's just be open to those encounters with Christ, for, for God to reorder our desires and to accept that gift, right? Receive right? Zacchaeus received him with joy, that we receive Jesus with joy every day, and then we give it away. We just keep giving what we've received.
1: And that's beautiful, Rob, because the final sentence here really sums it up. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Ladies and gentlemen, I was lost. Mm. And God was seeking me every day through 30 years. He was seeking me to turn around, to be set free, to be saved from the prison cell, which was locked from the inside by myself because Jesus is the key. And so for me, Jesus Christ paid the price for my sin, your sin, all humanity's sin from the beginning until the end. Why? So that when we do, repent and turn around and turn away from sin, we end up with that gift that money can't buy, that abundant life, which only comes from God. Sin robs us of the gift that Christ paid for each of us. Mm. And it's our choice. But Jesus is always saying, come back to me. Come back to me. It's beautiful. Listen to him singing to you. He's seeking you. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. He wants you to have the abundant life in him. And then take that abundance out into the world around you and you and your uniqueness, be Christ for someone else. Be that invitation to the banquet, the heavenly banquet with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's awesome.
2: And, uh, and for those of you who were with us last week, just wanted to remind everyone uh, that we have an opportunity on November 12th to experience the joy that our Lord wants to give us in, in releasing us from, from the bondage, uh, and, and that bondage is, is pornography. So on November 12th, we invite everyone to come to, to lock arms together uh, to learn how we can protect the, the people that we love, our kids, our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, uh, how can we, how we can protect our, our children from the scourge. So it's November 12th at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Mechanicsburg. And for more information, just visit us at integrityrestored.com, integrityrestored.com for a, a once-in-a-lifetime event here in the Harrisburg Diocese.
1: And the enemy's tool, that scourge of pornography, is out to destroy the families the children, the relationships, to neuter the man and who's he supposed to be. So please come and hear and learn how you can help save the captives and help protect your families. And remember this, ladies and gentlemen, the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. God doesn't live in the past. It's a trap of the enemy to rob the gift of the present moment. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. I like to call it the what if roller coaster ride. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? That's another trap of the enemy to rob the present moment, which is a gift from God that we're to open and live in love. Ladies and gentlemen, let's open the gift. Let's live a life of grateful hearts. Let's change the world. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.